Star Tribune's Prep Sports Podcast has been brought to you by France and Bank and Trust. Hello and welcome to a very special edition of the Star Tribune Talking Preps Podcast. I'm David Levake with Jim Paulson. It's been calling a special edition just because, well, felt like calling it that. They all special. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my parents used to always call me special. <laughs> some, some, special. Somebody had to. <laughs> the, uh, years too until reality slapped me in the face. That's right. The uh, You were the point person for the Star Tribune and really for the media at large on the Minnesota State High School League representative assembly meeting yesterday. That is a group that as wields a lot of uh, power in decision-making in high school league circles. And the two topics that they were discussing, or at least two of the topics that were they discussing was the addition of boys volleyball as a sanctioned Minnesota state high school league sport. And also adding uh, f- female wrestlers uh, to the state tournament. And so both of those, uh, you, you, you really owned the coverage on it. I, I saw a lot of, people jumping on it in the 11th hour, but you've been working on this for quite a while and had some great content. And what was at stake going in and how did it play out uh, in terms of the results of the votes? Well, you, you, touched, on, you touched on it right there. It was um, two sports that are, are growing in the state of Minnesota that have been looking for sanctioning by the state high school league um, for a number of years. Volleyball, which at, going into last year before the COVID um, uh, the pandemic hit and the shutdown happened. Uh, boys volleyball was looking at somewhere around 1,200 to 1,300 athletes and uh, nearly 60 schools and more than 100 teams between JV and varsity in their um, Club Minnesota Club Volleyball Association. So they were going great guns, um, like a lot of sports, uh, because that lost their springtime last year, their spring season. Uh, the numbers haven't quite bounced back, rebounded like they, you would expect them to. This year, I think there's about 40. 41 schools playing volleyball and about 800 kids. It's still a significant amount of kids for a, for a sport. Um, and they had put together years of uh, research and put together proposals, try to get vote boys volleyball sanctioned by the state high school league with some pretty heavy hitters behind them. Um, girls wrestling has been growing as well. Um, not so much at the high school level because there wasn't any girls teams available and it had gotten to be as many as uh, about 150 to 200 girls wrestling on high school te- high school rosters but that was kind of uh, being pushed forward by the number of girls that are wrestling and club teams particularly at the youth levels and the growth in girls wrestling nationwide uh, i've seen the number going out a number of times about 21,000 girls wrestling at the high school level uh, i believe that's at the high school level across the nation so it's it's a pretty popular sport and it's growing. Um, yesterday, boys volleyball, which I said had some heavy hitters behind it, including Hugh McCutcheon, the uh, U of M volleyball coach, and was a big supporter. Walt Weaver, the Hall of Fame volleyball coach, was kind of the the, the lead person on this whole uh, proposal on pushing volleyball. And uh, Gwen Walls, first lady of Minnesota, the uh, governor's wife, was a spoke on behalf of volleyball yesterday. Um, it was a close vote. But for a number of reasons, volleyball did not get the votes it needed to, uh, to become a sanctioned state high school league sport. They fell two or three votes shy, depending on how you uh, account for the, uh, the fact that there was one abstention. Um, whereas girls wrestling, 
one uh, was approved by in the landslide. I think only four votes against. And you have 44 to four in favor of girls wrestling, which is not girls wrestling, girls wrestling teams. It's not girls wrestling dual meets. It's basically allowing for a girls wrestling state tournament, individual state tournament to run concurrently and simultaneously with the boys uh, state tournament. Um, I guess you would, you could, you could make it look more like there'd be girls weights. Um, you add a few weight classes for girls only, and that's what girls will be competing in. Hopefully that'll spur more growth. So eventually girls wrestling could have maybe its own tournament. I don't think they're ever going to be looking at fielding an entire team for dual meets because that's difficult enough for a lot of boys teams. You see some really, really, really long cooperative school names in boys wrestling because it's hard for smaller schools to field a whole 14 man lineup or 14 wrestler lineup at, uh, at each weight. Um, you see an awful lot of uh, co-ops cause uh, or, are formed because of that so girls wrestling starting next year will have girls weight classes in the state tournament girls can opt out um they'll wrestle with their boys teams during the season and in dual meets and when they get to the postseason they can opt out to wrestle as a girl's weight if that's what they so choose um they can't go back and forth they'll always be able to compete with their boys teams in dual meets but once they've opted either stay with the boys weights or go to the girls weights that's where they will be competing for the rest of the state tournament um, so that's where we're looking at with, uh, with uh, rest, girls wrestling and boys volleyball right now. Boys volleyball, no for the time being. Girls wrestling, a big thumbs up. Well, the benefits for, for girls wrestling are pretty self-evident. They're going to have a state tournament opportunity. What is the upside? Why is sanctioning so important for boys volleyball or for any sports that are, you know, lacrosse was a club at one point and then got sent received sanctioning what is the benefit what what comes with sanctioning that that's so coveted i think there's a few things number one is legitimacy for the sport um you know that once it's got the uh the stamp of a high school league approval on it it is a sport that's not going anywhere it's a sport that's gonna have the, the support of uh, a large organization behind it that has you know been running state tournaments for a long time it's gonna have the support of the school and the district it's gonna get the, the right types of coaches and hopefully the right types of equipment and facilities to do what they need to do. And it's not going away. Um, and you, it just brings it more into the public eye. And you know that it's, it's it makes the sport, like I said, gives it a sense of legitimacy. It also means that the sport doesn't have um, to worry about the, uh, uh, the ups and downs of when you run in you know, a club situation. Volleyball right now is running at a club situation with many people that are behind the scenes making this Minnesota Boys Volleyball League uh, function are doing it on a volunteer basis. You can't necessarily uh, count on that for years. I don't know how much longer uh, Jenny Kilkelly and Krista Fleming, the two women who are running the Boys Volleyball League down at Shakopee High School, I don't know how much longer they can do it or whether they'd be willing to do it out of the goodness of their hearts. I'm sure they will for a few more years, but at some point, you know, when you bring it into the high school, they you make the support sport more actual viable and, and it just brings more kids out and also make kids uh, more aware of it. And kids want to have that connection. That was a big thing, the connection and the inclusion of doing something for their school. It's something I've said for many years that the biggest thing about youth sports or about uh, extracurricular sports and activities at the high school is more than just giving them um, life lessons. It's about giving them a chance to be connected to their school and the community. Gives, you can only do so much with um, great grades 
you know, you get a chance to be connected to your school, connected to the people you go to school with on a, a pursuit that everybody with you enjoys. And that, that makes such a big difference. And that, I think that's why, why you want to see these sports, why these sports want to be uh, sanctioned by high school. What, so I've heard factors, there's, there's a cost involved to sanction a sport. And then there's the question of, okay, everything I've heard, they're targeting volleyball, boys volleyball is a spring sport. And there's some concern about gym availability because so many of our spring sports have to start indoors at that time of year. Uh, what's the biggest obstacle in your mind? What, what's not allowing boys volleyball to get over the hump right now? Those two points are uh, by far and away the two biggest points in rejecting boys volleyball. There's a lot of uh, ideas that were thrown out there. It seemed to be one of those situations as the day went on and they broke down their caucus meetings that a lot of people, a lot of representatives were throwing out, what is, what if this happens? What if that happens? What if, how far are we going to need to, how many sports are we going to need to add? There was an awful lot of speculation, but the two main reasons was budgetary. Like so many things in life, if you want to really get a reason for anything, follow the money. And that was an issue for this. Um, and the fact that the volleyball people, the volleyball supporters had proposed it as a spring sport when a lot of athletic directors had said that gyms aren't as available in the spring as they seem to be. And you brought it up yourself that there was a, there's an awful lot of spring sports that need to start in the gym. You got your softballs and lacrosses and baseballs and any other sport that's being played outdoors that starts in uh, actually you know, getting together in, in March. You can't do anything outdoors in March in Minnesota. We all know that. Um, so that makes for a very crowded gym situation. Um, the volume said that they'd be willing to move their season later in the year in order to accommodate that. But I, I think most athletic directors are looking at it and say, you know, we could do this in the fall. We only have three boys sports in the fall, soccer, cross country and football. And the gyms are only used by volleyball. They could make volleyball, for example, uh, combined boys and girls volleyball nights, you use officials uh, to go on, on double headers to you know, double up on officials on uh, busing, all those sorts of things that could make it much easier had it been a fall offered as a fall sport, which I think volleyball supporters are going to have to look at very carefully about making it a fall sport. I think we'd get more support at this point. Oh, so you do think that the volleyball they should take it? They shouldn't. They should be more flexible. That's you know, if you, if you talk about what's it going to take to move the needle going forward possibly moving the season to to a fall season would be would be a big feather in their cap you think yeah absolutely i mean there are five the boys i think there are what five boys sports uh, offered in the spring and uh lacrosse golf tennis baseball track and field and track t- is, is a one that draws an awful lot of kids so um yeah i would think that you you could do it in the in the fall because gym space is more available um, the, that is that is something that I think the volleyball people were in, in originally thinking that it had to be a spring sport. I think we have to revisit that. Um, the, a number of athletic directors have said that very thing that uh, it's going to make much make it much tougher to try to make it a spring sport at least the uh, the months of March and into April, well into April sometimes. How am I feeling if I'm a member of the Asian community or someone that's advocating for the Asian community? Because they were they were vocal in, in your work about the the draw of a boys volleyball to to young Asian males and to not get over the hump with this right now. Um, what am I supposed to take from that if, if, if I'm if I'm in that camp? 
I got to be honest, you're going to feel overlooked and left out. Uh, and that was kind of the word I was hearing from a lot of people when I was talking to them prior to writing the story I did on Monday about boys volleyball is that it is a extremely popular sport in the Asian community. Um, one of the volleyball coaches that spoke at the meeting yesterday, Fong Vang of Hmong Academy talked about how important uh, volleyball is within the Hmong community. And let's make no, no mistake. We have a very strong Hmong community and large Asian community in, in the Twin Cities area. And this is a sport that has been part of their culture for a long, long time, more so than baseball or lacrosse or golf or even tennis at that point. I'm not going to include track and field. That's such basic um, uh, pursuits, running and jumping, that anybody can compete in track and field if they want to put their effort to it. But more so, more uh, it is more in line with uh, Asian sensibilities and the Asian culture than the sports offered in the spring. And that's why it was such an important part for these uh, some of these schools that this gets uh, sanctioned by the high school league and gives it some, again, some legitimacy as a sport. I think they feel like they're overlooked. Fong Vang talked about, they have a huge the J, the J4 celebration in the Hmong community in the summer, which is usually held down over at Como Park uh, for the, the part of it is a big, huge volleyball tournament. A lot of families have play volleyball on weekends uh, in parks. You see a lot of um, big volleyball um, competitions going on among Hmong families on big picnics in the summertime. I've seen them many times over in the east side of St. Paul. So I think that, that there's a lot of people that have overlooked the Asian community in this, and they're just starting to gain their voice, just starting to be recognized. I can't imagine that uh, they're going to be much more vocal uh, and much more strident in their support of the sport if it comes up again. You know, we're talking about spring sports. Where does, where does badminton fit in? Is that winter technically? No, that kind of straddles. I mean, it starts in late uh, uh, in late February and goes into uh, mid-May. Although badminton still hasn't reached the number of teams to give it an actual state high school sanction. Oh, what, still... what, what I mean is like, that's another culprit in terms of spring gym space is what I'm getting yeah, at. Absolutely, it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that, that too is a sport that's very, very strong and very well accepted and ingrained in Asian culture. Sure, um, sure. So, and... It's largely in Minneapolis and St. Paul schools with a few suburban uh, additions as well. But yeah, you're right. That is another another sport that uh, that takes uh, gym time, and as well as things like you know getting ready for proms and graduations and all those kinds of things as well. Um, that there's some that things that happen in gyms that are not just in springtime that are not just athletic wise. So yeah, there is much more demand for gym time. Um, the budget issue was is the big one. A lot of schools are just starting to come back from budget problems, budget shortfalls, financial problems caused by the COVID pandemic. And uh, that was kind of the word I got from uh, uh, one of the athletic directors who voted no, was that it's just not the right time at this point. He, he expects that schools are going to be much more financially solvent and in better shape one year from now than they are right now, that this, the timing of adding volleyball, which I'd heard, heard can be upwards up to as much as $17,000 um, for a team and a couple of coaches to support two teams. That was what one athletic director number he figured. Um, doesn't sound like that much money to run, to run a program, but a time when everyone's pinching pennies and trying to make things work with a budget that doesn't meet, they can't stretch as far as they'd like to, makes it difficult to add a sport right now. Um, the one thing that, I, that Mike Cunningham, who's the athletic director I talked to at a Elk River, said that nobody is happy about denying opportunities to kids. Nobody wants to say we're not giving opportunities to kids. That's what they all want to do. 
He just said that right now it might be better for volleyball to keep what they have, not try to in, uh, ingrain or institute a new high school league volleyball league when not every school will be able to offer it. They might actually have better opportunities with the way things are going now than they would if it was a high school league sanctioned sport at first. Um, we'll see what happens down the road. Well, like I said, we, we didn't have as many players out this year, and that's the COVID has, has a, that's a reality of COVID. You have schools financially that, that need to get on solid footing. Uh, and, and with all of those obstacles, you're still only just a few votes away. So I, I'm, I'm frustrated if I'm, if I'm an advocate for boys volleyball right now, but I'm also encouraged that some of the challenges are going to resolve themselves in the next year. And we were this close as it is. So I, th I think, I think we're really knocking on the door here. And uh, if I'm a boys volleyball ball advocate, that's what I'm trying to remind myself, even if the, there's the initial sting of being rejected right now. You're absolutely right. You know, they, they felt like they were on the doorstep of possibly uh, getting what they wanted two years ago. Um, but the pandemic stepped in and, and messed up everybody's school year and every sports school year. And they agreed, along with the High School League Board of Directors, to table the vote from 2020 to 2021. And again, at this point, um, having two years off of boys volleyball, it's been a little bit less publicity, a little bit less pressure to get this done. I think once the pandemic is every, in everybody's rearview mirror, I think it'd be much easier for boys volleyball to push it across. On the other hand, girls wrestling didn't take much time at all. I mean, that was that was supported right off the bat. You know, girls are getting a chance to wrestle against other girls. And that's the important part um, of this um, proposal and adding a girls' state tournament is the chance to, to compete against their peers. Um, I talked to one girl wrestler. Her name is Katie Lang. She actually won the Minnesota Ms. Wrestling Award um, for 2021. She competed. Uh, she didn't even compete in high school this year. She competed for the Storm uh, Club program out of... Um, Fairmont and Martin County West. Uh, she's going to wrestle at Augsburg uh, next year. She said that uh, part of the problem was that not enough girls to really identify with, to commiserate with, to talk things over with. And it makes girls wrestling, uh, wrestling for a lot of girls, tough to come out for, to know that you've got support for girls wrestling, that there's going to be other girls there, that you can have your own state tournament, that it's very, it's going to bring more girls out and make it a much more viable sport um, for a lot of girls. And I can see it growing uh, pretty quickly as a result of this. Um, and that's what most of the reps said yesterday. It's about time. Time has come to add girls wrestling. I think that was their support for it. It didn't cost that much. Um, the proposal as put forth by uh, the Wrestling Coaches Association, Kip Link, who's the director of the Wrestling Coaches Association, said it was basically one extra hour that they will be asking for in the state tournament to get girls to fit in, um, which is pretty significant since there's no team aspect for it it's just individual they're not asking for any more won't cost them any more money they can use the same facilities they have the same officials they have it's just one extra hour within the state tournament framework and how do you turn that down you talk about equality for girls bringing them into sort of gender equity and doing it on the cheap <laughs> it's easy, and easy. Well, yeah, I think you know you look at the online comments from your story well why this one and not that one well I think you've laid out why there's a manageability factor to girls wrestling that makes it much more attractive boys volleyball is to their credit has built themselves into, into quite a uh, prominent sport and, and it's a little harder to integrate that many teams and players 
whereas girls wrestling, again, the manageability of it is much more, uh, is, it comes to the forefront and you can, you can put this together in a way that, that isn't going to cause much problem in the way of logistics and financials. So, you know, the boys volleyball might in some ways be a victim of their own success right now. No, it might be. And I worry that maybe girls wrestling could actually be in that situation as well. If they get to a point where it becomes a, a uh, drawing card, having a state tournament for a lot of girls, but they still have to play to compete as members of the boys team. Are, are they gonna, is there gonna, gonna become a time when there's too many girls <laughs> that are coming out for one boys team? You've got 12 girls coming out for a team. Are they gonna get a chance to all compete the way that they, they would want to? Right now it's easily manageable because each team has one, maybe two girls. Um, the best teams have one, maybe two girls competing for their team. Um, is it would it be a time when come on, there's too many girls all at one weight or all in the lower weights it would make it difficult for a boys team to actually, um, they'd be heavy on the lower weights. Would it be make it difficult for boys team to manage those kinds of numbers? We'll see. That's a long way down the road though. That victim of your own success. I think those are the problems everybody would want to have. That's right. That's right. Well, I think, it's, I think you broke down well for those that are not quite certain of the cosmic significance of, of what happened yesterday. I think that puts it into good perspective. So, I think that brings us to a, a good place to, to end our podcast this week. So thank you for, for owning those uh, stories, Jim, and look forward to touching base with you next week. And I'll just put a little teaser. We will have some football coming because it's, you know, it's, it's May. So why not talk football here in Minnesota? So more. On I love week. it. I'm looking forward yeah. to it. <laughs> we'll talk soon. Thanks, man. See ya.